It's Thursday, December 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, again, not much going on in terms of the Major League Baseball lockout, but uh, you had an interesting Wednesday night uh, covering a Cavs game. The Cavs blow out the Rockets by 40 points, and uh, you got, uh, you know, you're no, no stranger to covering an NBA game. Uh, what was it like being back in the arena watching, uh, watching a basketball game? Why, co- covering live sports for the first time in <laughs> yeah. a few months. Yeah, that, that was strange in itself. But, Joe, you know, I, the NBA moves a lot faster than Major League Baseball. <laughs> My head was on a swivel. I, I don't think I saw a play in the second half uh, as I was, you know, trying to write, write running and trying to catch up and trying to make deadlines. So it was interesting, but it was a lot of fun. It was uh, the Cavs uh, were, you know, Cavs PR people treated, treated me great. And uh, the players were, were good to talk to. And the thing, you know, I, I sound like fanboy here, but um, I just can't get over how big those guys are. You know, you just, you, you, you lose perspective of it when you just watch it on TV. I mean, those are, they are some big human beings, man. Well, well, we're, we're used to walking around the clubhouse and seeing Framil Reyes, six foot five, 270 pounds or whatever. Uh, and or 240 pounds. I'm sorry, Framo. Uh, and, and you know, looking up at a guy like that, you just imagine a whole team full of Framo Reyes's walking around a clubhouse, uh, you know, being that big. Uh, Sam Hentges, uh, guys like that, uh, and, and taller. I mean, Larry Markinen is seven feet tall and and he moves like a guard. So, uh, again, yeah, it, it, it's different, it's a, it's a whole different perspective. Uh, but then you get a guy like Ricky Rubio who looks like a looks like a normal dude off the street and he's out there. (laughs) He, uh, that little flurry at the end of the, at the end of the quarter where he hit a shot, then stole the ball, went behind his back for a lay in to to Ed Davis. Uh, That was fun to watch. I I guess, I guess fun to watch should be the, uh, the, the, the phrase plastered on the backs of all their jerseys, because this, the the Cavs team is, it's, it's, it's really impressive. It's, we're, we're also so spoiled having had LeBron here for eight seasons that now getting back to watching something be successful that's not LeBron is is actually really interesting for us. And they play such a different brand of baseball, uh, basketball than when LeBron was here, you know, pounding the ball at the top of the key and le- making four guys clear out and driving to the basket. I mean, these guys, they pass the ball. And like you said, Rubio was like, he was so cool to watch. Just uh, he's like a, a magician out there. You know, he, he doesn't care if he scores. He's, he sets up everybody. And like like you said, of the first, you know, the late in the first quarter and the second quarter. I mean, he keyed, I thought, that whole offense just by with his, with his assists. Right. And uh, really just it's it's great watching the development of a young guy like Isaac Okoro, who's really coming into his own uh, right now. Uh, as long as Isaac Okoro plants himself in that short corner and just waits for that ball to find him, it, it, you know, they, they'll work 24 seconds of offense. And if they can't get it into a big guy, they kick it around. And Okoro is always standing there wide open. And he's been hitting threes at an alarming clip if you're, uh, if you're an opponent. He's up over 50% uh, on three-point shots over his last three or four games. And if he's able to do that, this Cavs offense is, is you can't defend it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was watching uh, them do some uh, drills early, you know, before the game started, you know, an hour or so before the game started. And that's what he was doing. He was going from one corner to another, you know, shooting threes and working on that shot. And 
he goes, what, three for three in the game. So, uh, you know, the work is paying off. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. Well, we, we sound like uh, Chris Fedor sitting here uh, talking about the, uh, the the breaking down the calves, I guess. Uh, it all, all because Chris is uh, at home uh, having fun with the uh, with the newborn, uh, uh, his his son that uh, was born just a couple weeks ago. A uh, couple more weeks of, of paternity leave for Chris, and we'll uh, I, I believe I'm back at uh, I'm back at the arena on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, for a game, so I'll be celebrating, uh, uh, ringing in the new year with the uh, with the Cavs and and all the folks there at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse uh, covering that game as well. Uh, hopefully by then we've got some movement in this uh, uh, the the lockout situation, the uh, the the collective bargaining agreement, and they I believe I saw a report on MLB trade rumors that said uh, neither side plans to discuss economics until after the first of the year. So hopefully by January or January 31st, uh, we, we get some movement on that uh, front. Yeah, I, I guess they can talk, you know, some, uh, you know, secondary, situ- you know, secondary uh, situations or secondary uh, positions, but, you know, it's not going to get into the, the meat and potatoes of it until January, until the, you know, the hard stuff, the uh, stuff that, you know, has, has caused this workout in the first place. Yeah. Well, it's not like the tail's going to wag the dog on this. It's not like talking about uh, a universal DH is going to, you know, steer the, the economic portion of the discussions. So maybe if they can clean up some of that stuff and get that taken care of uh, first uh, and, and then just leave the, the question of, you know, changes to arbitration or service time and things like that. Uh, maybe those, those get uh, worked out, uh, in, you know, a little quicker. Again, we're still looking at that February 1st deadline uh, as, as a, uh, you know, at least get them started talking and in serious negotiations because that, that leaves you uh, a short month then to, yeah. to have things wrapped up before March 1st. And if it's not done, a done deal by March 1st, then we're, we're, in, we're in for a world of hurt there. Yeah, definitely, Joe. If anything, what we've learned, you know, from the pandemic and spring training one and spring training two, you know, pitchers need that time. They need six weeks, at least six weeks to get ready. It it sounds trivial. It sounds like archaic almost, but they really need that time. Position players are a different animal. They can get ready faster, but if you mess with the pitchers, you know, off season, if his his time that he needs to condition himself and stretch his arm out you know you're asking for trouble and uh so you know that's that's the the main cause that's the main reason for spring training to get the pitchers ready and if you cut that short you're you know you're you're uh, you're playing with fire yeah particularly the guardians this year with shane bieber aaron savali and uh zach plesak all not having pitched full seasons in uh, in 2021 because of injury, you know, you really don't want to get them off of that schedule because you, you risk them being injured again in 2022. And, and that would be a complete disaster. I mean, at least those three guys have to make as, as many starts as possible in, in 2022 for Cleveland to be as successful as they possibly can. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And I would think, you know, if the, if spring training comes off, you know, as scheduled, you know, those guys would probably be on a kind of a slow go thing, you know, early, they wouldn't pitch until, you know, 
maybe the second week of March, and then they ease them into some games just to make sure, you know, they're okay. Yeah, that's uh, we, we've seen that in the past with, with Corey Kluber, with uh, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, they'll start, they'll, they'll do live batting practice on the backfields there at, uh, at Goodyear Ballpark and, and really not make it, or I'm sorry, at the Goodyear Training Facility, and not really make it across the street to, to Goodyear Ballpark until, like you said, the second or third week of, of exhibition games. Uh, we did see the, the, uh, the Guardians put their exhibition schedule and their tickets for, for uh, exi- is, this, is this wishful thinking, Hoinsey? They, they put their tickets on sale for, uh, for spring training. Maybe they know something that the rest of us don't. Yeah, that's uh, it's being very optimistic. I would think, uh, you know, they they put the yeah, you know, on schedule too. So, yeah, hopefully uh, they do know something that we don't know, and uh, this thing goes off as planned. But, you know, I, just when it comes down to these two parties, you know, nothing gets done until the last minute, and uh, it seen and both both sides seem pretty entrenched, and I. I just, I, you know, I, I've got a bad feeling about this, Joe. I, I don't think, you know, I think this, the regular season could very well be delayed. Hoinsey busting out the Han Solo lines from uh, Star Wars. I got a bad feeling about this. I, I, <laughs> I don't like it. Normally, I love a good Star Wars reference. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought I saw somewhere that, that the Guardians were giving away a, uh, one of the new Diamond C uh, logo uh, Christmas ornaments with either, I don't, I don't know if it was uh, – if it was with a season ticket package or uh, maybe there was one where there was one deal where you could buy a ticket for opening day where you could reserve uh, a, a, the ability to buy a ticket for opening day. Uh, that was very interesting. I thought as well as the first time I'd seen something like, uh, you know, being able to, to buy tickets early and that was a, a ticket for a regular season game too. So, you know, kind of interesting there. Uh, yeah. It, realizing that this uh, this lockout sort of stunts their ability to capitalize on the whole transition over to guardians as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what can go wrong does go wrong. You know, it, it you know, it, it just seems like these last two years in uh, major league baseball, you know, first the 2020 season gets cut short. Then, you know, we've got uh, 2021, you know, with the basic agreement, and, uh, you know, just when you get everybody back in the ballpark, you know, you get that enthusiasm going, you, get, you know, you have a, you know, good postseason and, uh, you know, then, then, uh, you know, the, the, the labor situation sets in. So, you know, baseball's had a couple a couple tough seasons here and, and, and the Indians are right in there with it. And you just, the Indians, I should say the guardians, you know, and they, I think they, right now they can't get out of their own way. And a lot of it isn't their fault. Right. Well, at least they're not uh, dealing with COVID situation like the Browns are, where half the roster is uh, under quarantine right now, and they'll have uh, backups making their NFL debut on Saturday with the with the league that refuses to move a game simply because they don't have to. Uh, it's a, just uh, a, an unbelievable situation uh, that the Browns are dealing with uh, with with COVID, and uh, right now. I think uh, every other sports league is looking at the NFL as an example of how not to handle some of these things. Uh, with, uh, Joe, and it just makes you, I, I don't know if it's a, a new variant that, that the new variant has, has caused this, but you know, you hear reports that everybody on, on the Browns, every player on the Browns except one is vaccinated and they're still dealing with this, you know, and, 
is and and you you know you you know we we both covered the Indians all year last season. What they had one guy, right? One okay. maybe two guys. Beaver had it in spring training, right? And, uh, and uh, Ernie Clement had you know dealt with something. We thought they never really came out and told us that, but you know. How, What's the difference? You know, how are the two organizations handling this? Or is it this new variant that really has kind of crushed the, uh, or, you know, has, has gotten ahead of the, the vaccination, you know, the, the vaccine that everyone is taking? I mean, I would hesitate to, to indict the Browns as an organization over, you know, not following protocols. I think they've, they've done pretty much everything they can. I think right now the situation is that this, uh, this variant is, is, a, a much easier to spread than uh, than anything that we've all dealt with before. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it, we're looking at uh, a situation here over the holidays where we we might have to go into shutdown for a lot of stuff. But uh, Cleveland State men's basketball team canceled their next two games because of because of this as well. I, I'm sure that they wouldn't have enough to enough guys to play if they if they were all tested and everything. So. Uh, yeah, it's a scary situation uh, uh, moving forward as, as we all uh, understand it. Uh, let's jump in now to Richie Palacios, our 40-man uh, roster uh, rookie of the day uh, situation here. We, we saw Richie Palacios in the Arizona Fall League this year, uh, 2021, sort of a breakout year for him after really not having played since 2018. Uh, the year he was drafted and that year, you know, he, he, he was successful. He was a sort of a, he caught a couple of people's eyes early in 2018 Then 2019 had uh, shoulder surgery, missed the entire year, uh, missed all of 2020, obviously with the, with the pandemic and then comes back this year and, and does all he does is go out and lead the organization in, uh, in batting with a 297 average. Yeah, Joe, he's, he's really an interesting guy. You know, he played what mostly infield, you know, at, at Akron and, and uh, made up, played a little outfield with uh, Columbus when he, when he got promoted, then he goes to Arizona fall league and plays, you know, he, all he does is play the outfield. So, you know, I wonder if, the, if they're looking at him, you know, if you look at that 40 man roster and try to break it down, you know, I think he's got a chance maybe to, uh, you know, be a fourth outfielder on this team to break camp with them because, well, you know, I'm sure, you know, when this single ends, when the lockout ends, you know, they're not sad. They're not done. They're going to go out and try to get a veteran outfielder. But if they don't, I mean, Palacio's kind of right on the edge here. He's 24. You know, he, he might have a shot here to be, you know, an extra guy. Yeah. Could he be your, your left fielder uh, in the moment? If, if you go and trade for a, you know, sort of a headliner right fielder, could you, you know, slip him in in left field and, and, you know, go with him there. Yeah. I, you know, I think he, he doesn't have a lot of power, you know, and that's, that's the thing that where he hasn't shown a lot of power, I should say what he had nine home or seven home runs this past season, right. um, you know, 48 RBIs, but, you know, look at his slash line, 297, 404 on base percentage, which, you know, that that's eye opening and 471 slug. So, you know, this is a kid with, that can play a little bit and okay. uh, he's got he, the versatility that Tito likes. He, he gets on base. He hits doubles. He he'll occasionally hit a home run. Uh, he's that the profile is Michael Brantley in left field. If you, I mean, he's, he's not the polished hitter that Michael Brantley you yeah. know, was, but 
and Brantley might have had a little bit more pop, but you weren't expecting Brantley to hit home runs every every game. You were you expected him to get line drive base hits and doubles. That and that's what Richie Palacios has has shown he can do in really uh, a, maybe a season and a half of of pro ball. Yeah, so you know, I mean, this is uh, another interesting guy, uh, you know, and he's a little older, you know. Obviously, what we right. twenty four. A college kid from the Bronx. I think he's from the Bronx, right? And from uh, New yeah, York he grew, City. I talked to him. He grew up a Yankees fan, so uh, that's 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 a whole separate <laughs> problem. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so you know, and and you know, you look at uh, uh, you know, what he did, you know, what he, how he, where he, where they used him last year. You know, sixty six games at at, uh, at second base, sixteen in center field, ten at DH. And, and like we said, in the Arizona Fall League, he, he made 20 starts in the outfield, you know, eight in center and, and 12 in left field. He got to the uh, Arizona Fall League, hit 263 with uh, seven doubles, a triple, three home runs, 11 RBIs uh, for Scottsdale. Um, he's the number 14 prospect in the Cleveland uh, farm system, according to MLB Pipeline. So, I, and, and that was... He was unrated heading into the, the 2021 season, mostly because all, all they had on him was uh, that, that first year in pro ball in 2018 after he got drafted. Uh, and you, the, the shoulder injury, uh, he had surgery, came back from it. And that, I think, you know, we were sort of monitoring him on his, his progress in, in 2019 into 2020 in, in recovering from that shoulder surgery. This was a guy who really probably would be we'd be talking about him, uh, you know, having a, a, a place on the roster coming out of spring training, if it wasn't for missing the whole season in 2020. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, in the Arizona fall league, uh, Palacios and, and Tanya, Jose Tanya, the teammates made the all-star team there. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's interesting, Joe, that he comes from kind of a baseball family, right? Yeah. I believe he had an uncle that played in the, uh, in the, uh, the majors for Kansas City. Yeah, I think for Kansas played. City, he played with played with Bo Jackson. And his did. brother uh, Josh Palacios made his big league debut with Toronto this season. So you know that you, you like those bloodlines. Yeah, and and uh, it tells you a lot, and it, it tells you that you know in talking to him and dealing with him, uh, you know, media wise, he's going to be a little more polished than uh, than some of these other uh, you know prospects, maybe because he'll he'll have a good approach and a you know a, a good way of talking about him so looking forward to uh to, to seeing him on the field and you know he'll be in big league camp obviously and uh i i would imagine he, he probably opened the season at triple a but it won't be long before he's uh he's with the club uh at, at some point in 2022 yeah i think he's he's got to have a he's going to get a chance you know he's one step away now at triple a uh he, he performed well at triple a i think when he went up there, he hit what two ninety nine, uh, you know, at at in Columbus. And you know, you like you just like the consistency of him. Joe is these are this month his month by month breakdown last year two ninety in in uh, you know uh, two ninety in April two seventy one in May three forty June two sixty one August two ninety three and then four hundred he finishes up so. Uh, you know, month by month, he was pretty consistent. 
And, uh, you know, and also, Joe, you know, the, like, when you go to the Arizona Fall League, you know, every other team is looking at you right there. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got their GMs and their scouts out there. So who knows? I mean, if, if you know, you've got so many pieces here, young pieces, young players, that he could be in a deal as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing for sure is, uh, you know, take a look at him as, a, as an enhancement to a trade piece maybe. And, and you, you, you bring in a, a proven controllable outfielder as well. Uh, to put out there, but, but I like him. I know I, I want to see him. I want to see him in a guardians uniform. All right. Maybe we, we keep a hold of this one and see they, they drafted him. They, they, there's something they like about him. Uh, let's see what Richie Palacios can do when he makes his debut at some point in 2022 with the Cleveland guardians. All right, Hoinsey, uh, we're going to wrap it up today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to wrap up the week with another uh, uh, prospect on the 40 man roster. Uh, talk to you then here on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Good deal, Joe.